We're talking today about intimacy in the family. Uh, this whole month, the love month, we've talked about intimacy with God. And uh, we want to define once again what we're talking about when we say intimacy. The definition of intimacy is belonging, chumminess, closeness, inseparability, familiarity, or nearness. And so when we talked about uh, uh, intimacy with God, uh, he said, draw nigh unto me and I'll draw nigh unto you. Amen. We've got to begin to draw nigh unto God. And we've got to uh, put some effort into our relationship with God. And I challenge you to do something new in your devotion time. Read a little longer. Pray a little. Do something new to refresh that relationship. Last week we talked about intimacy in marriage. Husbands and wives loving one another. I love this little uh, saying I saw this week, probably on Facebook. Uh, but it said, marriage uh, is just two really good forgivers. That's what a good marriage is. Just two people who just really have learned how to forgive. Because we're not perfect and we make mistakes. And so we've been talking about intimacy in marriage, building that closeness, uh, having a place of belonging and, and nearness. And that's why I challenged you with a challenge of something new and to be more romantic and uh, just begin to build that relationship. We're talking today about building an intimacy within the family. Your house, your home, when your family walks through those doors, you should be able to close off the world. It should be a place of safety, a place of peace, a place of uh, uh, closeness, belonging. It should be a place of familiarity. You should long to get home. Yet, as we see it every week, we have kids that don't want to leave. They want to stay here at church because they don't want to go home. There's husbands and wives who uh, had much rather work or much rather do anything because they don't want to go home. Why? Because when they leave the craziness of the world and they walk through their door, it's more craziness. People are literally living in hell on earth behind closed doors. So if you thought Amy's word was tough, <laughs> mine's about to get a little tougher. Because your house, your home, that place you live, that building, I'm telling you, when God requires something of you, He is giving you a responsibility and He's giving you a gift. And we're going to stand before God and we're going to have to give an account for those gifts that he gave us. And those gifts are called children. Children are a gift from God. Doesn't matter if they were planned. There are no accidents. People who tell their kids that you were an accident, I didn't really want you or you don't even understand the devastation and the pain that you put on that child. From then on thinking, I'm not even supposed to be here. We don't understand as parents the power of our words. And what we say in jest or what we say because we're angry. What we say and then we forget it and never remember it again. Your child will live with the rest of their lives. And you forgot all about it until you stand before God and you're going to give an account for it. I am going to give an account for it. Are you the type, and, and Amy said it, as his parents, we have two choices. We either change or we forgive because none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. But what I want to do is what, we, what we've got to do is we've got to change the dynamic of, our, uh, of ourselves first and how is that? We've got to draw close to God. Then we've got to draw close and have a better relationship with our spouse so that we can raise our children in an atmosphere where they, they can go out of there and become who God has called them to be. 
Because there's two kinds of kids. There's those kids who never want to leave home. And there's those kids who can't wait to get out of your house. What were you? You know where, how, how, what kind of atmosphere you grew up in and whether you wanted to leave or whether you wanted to stay. Your kids feel the same way. And so think about, think about, I, I would wish to be, I don't know that I am, but I would wish to be, whatever parent should strive for, is the type of person and parent that God would choose to raise his own son. Now let me just ask you a question. I don't want you to say it out loud. Please. But let me just say right now that you are going to die. You know you're going to die and you have to leave a will and you have to give your children to someone else. You know you're going to die, you have small children, and you have got to give them to someone else to raise. Can you think uh, immediately of some f families that you wouldn't leave them with to save your life? You just immediately say, I wouldn't leave my kid in that house for nothing in the world. <laughs> we, all know, we, we all know those kind of families. Uh, do you know people that you say, you know, uh, man, if... If I could leave my kids with anybody, if anything happened, I would love for them to raise my kids. Because I've watched their life. I've, I've, I've seen their kids. I, I, I know their attitude and their spirit, and that's who, I, that's who I would want to raise my kids. Well, here's the deal. Most of the time, we don't get a choice uh, who, what family we're born into. You didn't, you didn't get to pick. Uh, but you're there, and you've got to make the best of it. And so I would want to be, thank God, think about when God chose Mary. He said, you're highly favored. Does that mean she was perfect? No. But she was highly favored. And God chose her, and she was to raise God's son. And then he picked Joseph to be the stepfather. Now, when as, as, as Joseph is raising Jesus, is there one passage in there where you see they got in a fight, and Joseph said, well, I'm not even your real daddy. Or do you see that where Jesus uh, told him, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my daddy. What, what do you mean coming up here telling me I can't talk in the temple when I'm 12 years old? You ain't my daddy. No, you don't see that. Joseph took him on as his own. The angel said, take Mary to be your wife. And here he raised this boy and he poured his life into him and he gave him. It was his son. Listen, if you chose it, if, if you have stepchildren, whatever, they're, they're no step, they're your kids. If you're raising them, I mean, that you're, the, your husband or wife, you chose the other one, mom, dad, whatever, you took on that role, you need to give your life for them kids. Mary and Joseph, as they raised this gift that was not theirs it was God's God had a plan and they had to go through some heartache think about that mother she had to carry that child raise that child and then watch that child be horribly abused and then hung on a cross to die what literally broke her heart God this is this is crazy God chose them because he knew they could handle it. God gave you your child and you can handle it. He gave you that child to raise. He is, it's his child. In your mother's womb, I knew you, I formed you, and I called you by name. And he created that child in his image. And he put all the gifts and the talents and the ability. And then he told you, I need you to develop their gifts. I need you to find out what they're good at. I need you to feed them, clothe them, raise them. Because I've got a purpose for them to touch a generation. But for the first 18 years or so of their life, you are in control and from the very day you need to dedicate and give them to me because they're really mine. I'm the one that gave them life and I can take that life away. And it's your responsibility to develop the gift that I gave you and you're going to be accountable for what you do with them. 
Amen? This is not as fun as the marriage talk, is it? But it's out of that love relationship. It is that his husband and wife coming together and being one that that child is born. And they have your characteristics and they have your features and they have all of that. But it is up to you to develop them. The Bible says in um, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I always say, what about those teenage years? He talks about when he's young and when he's old. There are those times when kids decide they want to do their own thing and they try it. And, but usually if you'll put the right stuff in them and train them, they'll come back to it. Now, they don't even have to veer off. See, we use that to say, well, you know, it's just, that's just typical. That's just normal. No, 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 no. Your kids don't have to rebel. Your kids don't have to get out there and do all of that. Amen. You just got to stay on top of it. You got to stay in prayer, stay on your knees, stay on your face. Hey, you got to continue to teach them and love them and train them. They don't have to go the ways of the world. It's a lie of the devil. I mean, we're, we're, we're raising men and women of God. We're raising men and women to go and make a difference in their generation. We're raising men and women amen, who are going to go, go and touch the world, take the gospel to the world, future pastors and teachers and leaders uh, and doctors and lawyers and presidents. And I mean, we're raising missionaries and, and teachers. Listen, you've you got to begin to see their potential. And the Bible says when you train them up in the way they should go, that has a connotation of this tree that grows beside the water one way you can bend it and you literally can almost bend it double the other way if you try to bend it it'll snap like a twig so many parents try to bend their children and to make them into their image I didn't get to do this so I'm gonna make you do it I know you're no good at that but I'm gonna I want you to do it so I'm gonna make you do it I know you hate it but you got to do it anyway Find out what they're good at. Find out what they like and develop their talents. If they can't sing a lick, don't put them on TV and tell them they can. Some mama lied to somebody and said, baby, you sing good. Find out what they're good at and develop their talents and push them in the right direction. But listen to me, parents. Don't do everything for your kids. You can smother your children. If you're always doing everything for them, getting them out of any trouble, not teaching them any responsibility, not giving them any chores, not making them work for things, not teaching them the value of a dollar... You're raising spoilt kids who have an enablement and a, uh, a mentality that I deserve everything without doing nothing. That is the generation that we're living in today. We're, li- we're raising a generation who thinks they deserve the highest money. I need to make $25 an hour. You have any education? Nope. You know how to do anything? Nope. But I deserve it. Why did you deserve it? Because I said so. Listen, we're raising kids who don't know. I mean, we, and I understand about not. Oh, my, don't even get me started preaching. My wife's a school teacher. They don't even want you to use a red pen now to make a mark because it hurts the children's feelings. My goodness, you know how many papers I got with a big old red F on it? I told my daddy that stood for fine. (laughs) Listen, that didn't scar me. It made me look at that and know, dude, you didn't do your work. You didn't study, and you got just what you deserved. But we're raising a generation that says, oh, no, 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 no. Just just give everybody a star. Give everybody a ribbon. It it was no first or last. And then they get out of school and they go into the real world and they get a job and they don't want to show up on time and they don't want to work hard and they don't know why they're not getting promoted and not getting a raise. And they say, I'm telling my mama. And mama's up there. You better give my baby. 
you're raising a spoiled brat. <laughs> this is fun for me. No. You know, it does change a little bit when you become a parent. I have heard people preach on raising children that didn't have any. And I think to myself, just wait till you get some. It'll change a little bit. <laughs> but today I'm preaching, on, I'm preaching to you, I, as I tell my children, do as I say, not as I do. I haven't been a, we haven't been perfect parents, but we've tried. And I think we got pretty good kids. They take after their mama. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read uh, something to you real quick. Titus chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And I had it marked, and then I lost it. Let me get back to it. Titus chapter 2 and verse uh, 1. Well, I went to Titus chapter 1. I need to go to Titus chapter 2. Let's go to the next chapter. There we go. Um, but speak thou the things which become sound doctrine that the aged men that's a nice word to say mature the aged men uh, we have any aged men in the house come on brother say amen today's your birthday you're an aged man today <laughs> he's looking around who's he talking about I don't know who he's talking about no, I'm talking about my brother. I'm talking about today's his birthday. I texted him this morning and said, you're the same age as the speed limit. He said, he texted me and said, they raised it to 75. I said, you're 75? Wow, time has really flown. He looks good for his age, though. 75. He's an aged man. So he said, aged men, to be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. Why? Do the aged men and the aged women, why do moms and dads, why do adults need to act right, be patient, be of good temperance, amen, have some good manners and attitudes? Why? So that you, it says in verse 4, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. What's it talking about? It's saying, mothers, be this kind of examples to your daughters. Guess what? Your kids are not going to be just like you. Your kids are going to be worse than you. it said women older women amen mothers you need to learn how to behave in your house how to honor your husbands here my son is 22 years old I want you to be completely honest today hold up your hands okay hold up your hands now you got 10 fingers there if you need toes and all that you can count how many times in your lifetime have you heard me yell at your mother? You counting down there? What's up? <laughs> How many times have you heard your mother yell at me? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Be honest. Be honest. There you go. Now, I'm not going to ask you how many times we yelled at y'all. 
Because sometimes y'all got on our last nerve. And sometimes we lost it, but you know what? If we did, we apologized. I'm going to tell you something. Don't ever think if you yell at your wife and you yell at your husband and then your child raises their voice and you act like, where did you learn that? They go to school and they get in trouble. They act out in public. They do all these things. And then we get on to them and they learned it from you. It said, be an example. Show them how to be hard workers, how to love their husbands, how to uh, be godly, how to have behavior that becometh holiness. Amen. If you're unholy, if you're living crazy, if you're acting crazy, talking crazy, how, why do you expect them to be little angels? To be false accusers. Not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. So that you can teach them how to be chaste and how to be keepers at home. Mothers, if, 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 you, if you don't have a job outside the home, homemaking and raising children is a full-time plus job. I don't know how mothers do it. I thank God every day I'm a man because I, I couldn't do it I admire you but if you're a homemaker if, that is your, if you're home you need to take care of your home when your husband walks in he needs to walk into a place of peace when he leaves his job in chaos and turmoil and everything in the world when he walks in he needs to walk into a place that's clean that smells like some food's cooking he needs to come into a place, amen, where there's peace, amen, where there's some love, amen. He can't wait. Amen. You, hey, you, hey, after work, you want to go by and have a drink? Hey, after work, you want to go do this? Hey, you want to? No, 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 no. I got to get home. Why in the world do you want to get home? <laughs> you don't know. When I walk in my house, I'm the king. When I walk in my house, I get pampered. I get loved on. It's like heaven on earth in my house. Most of your friends, most people on their jobs, and most men would go, that ain't what my house is like. I don't want to go. I'm going to go into chaos and get yelled at and screamed at and accused and everything else. Now, if you work, most women have to work nowadays, it is 50% husband your job to help with those chores of cleaning and taking care of it, cooking and sharing the responsibility if you want her to go out and work then you're going to have to share half of her work I get as many amens from the men as I got on the last one they liked about the wife cooking and cleaning and have all that but man they didn't want to do much of it you'll do it won't you Jose said I'll stay home and keep the kids woo come on <laughs> You know, here's the deal. Most men would say, but I just love to stay home. And, you know, I don't know, I'd love to stay home, watch, watch TV and eat bonbons and all that. And all of a sudden, you stay home a couple days, and you're working from daylight to dark, and you work before you, they're working before the husband gets up, and they're working for the, after the husband goes to sleep and all that, and you'd be going, send me back to work. Where's mama? <laughs> Woo, come on. Listen, we admire what the ladies do. Now, you say, Pastor, why are you saying all that? Why? Because it's your example that your children follow. You holler at your husband? Oh, they're going to holler at theirs. And it's going to be worse than yours. You, you, you have that kind of reaction or whatever. Because, listen, all they know is what they see. All they know is what they hear. And you may, but, but I don't really mean it. We're just joking. <laughs> yeah, but they may not be. And then they'll go yell at theirs, and they'll get knocked out. Everybody don't just put up with it. I'm just being honest with you. I'm just being honest with you. Listen, we live, we live in a world where people need a good example of godly parents. And, but you know what? When you make mistakes, you need to tell your kids. Don't act like you're perfect. Don't act like you're so holy. You're, you come to church, everybody's holy. We're all holy at church. How many's holy? Oh, everybody, 
I'm holy, hallelujah. But do you leave here and you shut your, your car door and you're not so holy anymore. You go to your house and shut your door. Amen. Here, you're all with mama. You're like opening the door far. Hello, sweetheart. And everything. You get her home, you're cussing her. And your kids see that and they hear that. And, and, and they go, they're, they're confused and they're mixed up. Listen, you need to be the same behind closed doors as you are out in public. I better get back to my notes, hadn't I? I went down, went to meddling. Ephesians chapter 6, 4 says, Children, oh, y'all, the kids like that. Tell mama to act right. Tell daddy to act right. Oh, it's your turn. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Okay, now what's the promise? There's a promise that comes with honoring your father and mother. But, but you don't know my mom and dad. They, 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 yeah, they're mean to me. I mean, they, they, like, they like make me clean my room and stuff. They make me do my homework and they make me change my underwear. Take baths and clean behind my ears and I hate it. They're so mean to me. What is the What is the promise? If you honor your father and your mother and you do right and even though they don't do right and maybe they're not perfect and maybe they do holler at you and maybe they get upset, you don't know what's going on in their job and the pressures of paying the bills and feeding you. You just think food shows up but they had to work and work sometimes two and three jobs so that they could just buy you the school clothes and then you got them and you looked at them like, where's the designer label? It's what they could afford, and they've worked tirelessly to provide for you. The Bible says that when you honor them, and you respect them, and you obey them, and you do what's right, the Bible says it comes with a promise, and the promise is that it may be well with thee. How many of you kids want your life to be well? You want to have a good life. And number two that you may live long on the earth. Yeah. See, I knew if I didn't honor my mama and my daddy, I wouldn't live long on the earth because they'd take me out. Mama said, I brought you into this world. i take you out. <laughs> There's a promise that comes. This was God. My mom and dad are both in heaven. But guess what? I might live to be a ripe old age because while they were here, I tried to honor them and respect them. Did I always? No. Did I get upset with them sometime? Oh, yeah. Did I get mad when I was a teenager and I had plans and I was ready to go out and my mama came to me and said, Son, I don't feel like you should go out tonight. Why not? I don't know. I just have a bad feeling. Oh, I was so mad. And I went to my room, but guess what? I didn't sneak out and leave. You know why? Because I respected my mom enough, and I knew she knew enough that if I left that house, I'd have probably got killed that night. Because I knew mama was right. And she knew God. If she had a bad feeling, I better listen to it, and I better honor it. I didn't like it. I pouted and fussed and went to my room. But I, I respected her, and I did it. Did I ever scream at my mama? I can't remember. I do remember screaming, hollering, or back-talking my daddy one time in the kitchen, and I'll never forget it because I reached up and I felt blood on my lip. And I never did it again. Listen, young men, you want to bow all up and act all bad to your daddy? He'll treat you. You want him to treat you like a man? He can either bend you over and spank you like a child, or he'll treat you like a man if you want to act like it. You, don't have, you won't bow up but one time to daddy. I, I, I remember that. I, I popped off and uh, we were standing there talking and dad, politely and gently, I'll never forget it. He said, son, be quiet. And they were having a conversation and I butted in again and he said, son, be quiet. And I did it again and that time he backhanded me. Pow! Woo! 
Jesus. Guess what? I didn't say nothing else. And my daddy was the gentlest, calmest, sweet. He was the best daddy in the world. But if daddy said, now, when there was difference in mama spankings and daddy spankings, okay? I let, while we're talking about that, I let, let me just go and jump to the scripture. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen: Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. <laughs> kids are just kids. They're going to do stupid stuff, and there's foolishness in the heart of every child. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. If you don't want your child to grow up to be a fool, you got to drive some foolishness from him. But there was a big difference in a daddy spanking and a mama spanking. Mama spanking consisted of running around the room, her chasing me, one hand, and I'm trying to dance and get away. And I mean, she's boo, bow, 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 bow. Daddy spanking, dad said, bend over, you bend over, and buddy, you did not move. Big difference. Guess what? I'm less of a fool today because of it. Because they believed in driving the foolishness right out of me. Y'all know the story I used to dip Copenhagen. Y'all know that? I was in junior high. Sixth grade. Went to the fair, had me a big can of Copenhagen in my pocket and a big dip in my lip. Mama come walk. She heard about it. She left. They were having a big work day here at the church. She left, drove straight to the fairgrounds, walked straight in the gate, thousands of people, right face to face. When that night was over, I was delivered from the habit. She drove it far from me. And today I can smell it and it still kind of turns my stomach. I still remember that pain. Woo, Jesus. Thank God. She should have whipped my friend too because he still does it. Let me, I'm, let me, I'm going to read a couple of things to you. I know that we're just now 12 o'clock, so hold on to your horses. This is good stuff. Is this all right? I got to get my notes because this little tiny, tiny print. It's not that I'm an aged man or nothing. Now I'm going to read something to you, fathers. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. First of all, I'm going to tell you something. Fathers, it's so important that you be involved in your kid's life. Why is it that most young people, most teenagers, most kids you see on TV, and why do you think it is they all say, Hi, Mom! Because Daddy ain't nowhere around. They don't know who that is. We live in a generation, a world where fathers have stepped out of their role. Amen. They can, they can make a baby. They just don't want to take care of one. And fathers, you need to step up. And take your responsibility for the children that you have to be make them become who God's called them to be. So fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I'm going to read to you a couple of footnotes that I thought was so, so good. Number one, to provoke not your children to wrath. It means avoid severity. I say this to all, to all the, both parents. Stop overreacting kids are kids they're going to make mistakes stop acting like you expected them to be perfect they're a kid it's what kids do when your children begin to walk and they fall down for the first do you stand there and go I cannot believe it you learn to walk get up there don't you ever fall down again I mean, we no, no, no. What do we do? <gasps> we run to them, we pick them up, we dust them off, and we help them take a few more steps. And they fall, and we pick them up. And listen, kids, it don't matter from teenager on up to grown adults. 
They do things immature. They make mistakes. Stop overreacting. And the punishment needs to match the crime. You know, parents overreact. It kind of kind of freaks me out. Kids sometimes do little things and they freak out. And they do big things and they ignore it like it never happened. I'm like, really? It's kind of kind of mixed up. Parents, don't overreact. Don't be severe. Avoid severity. Anger, harshness, cruelty. I'm talking to fathers now. Fathers, avoid all this. Correct. Listen. Correct. Do not punish. Punishment is a principle of revenge. Correction is a print from a principle of affectionate concern. God is not in heaven when we make a mistake. He's not out there going, I'm going to get you for that. I can't believe you did that. Well, you just wait. I'm going to get you back. That's revenge. That's not, a, that's not how parents should react. We correct our children to show them the right way. Now, kids hit that age where they're real curious, don't they? Everything's why. And don't that just drive you nuts? Why, 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 why? And what do we say? Because I said so. Now, here's the deal. They don't learn anything when you say I said so. Tell them the truth. Use it as a teaching time. You know? Don't you go out in that road and play. Why not? Because I said so. No, because, son, those cars are going fast. It's hard metal. You're soft skin. Hard metal on soft skin, you're squished. Show them. Drive down the road. Hit a bug. See that splatter? That would be you in the road. I'm, 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 you know, but with everything. Use, take time. Teach your kids. I wish I'd have done... A little better with that with my son. I do. I, my, my dad, I mean, he taught me how to do a lot of stuff. But I'm not as patient as I should be, and I'm a perfectionist. And sometimes I would be teaching them and trying, and, and if we're not careful, we want to take over and do it for them because I can do it faster. But I wish I would have taken more time and made you do a whole lot more. Now, Jacob was little, and I used to mow the yard with him. All you fathers, take note. All you fathers, take note. When mother says, but they're too young. Mamas, listen. <laughs> Let daddy teach them to be a man. I'd take Jacob, I'd put him. See, you have to do it young when they think it's fun. And I took him, and I put his hands on the lawnmower. And I would mow, and I, I would push. He ain't doing nothing, but he's just walking. And then I'd mow, and I'd push, and I'd push. And one day, as he got older, I let go, and he kept pushing. And guess what? He can mow a straight line. <laughs> Haley mows the field now. She drives the tractor. Got on that tractor, showed her how to do it. Here's how you do it. I got off, went in the house. Mow it. Now that it's older, what do you do when you get older? Now you say, instead of getting out and working hard and laboring, what do I say? Hey, go mow the yard. Why do you think you had kids? I'm wishing I'd have had more now. I'm th I wonder why people have all these kids. And now I realize, because you need a workforce for a long time. Now they're old and grown, and I've got to do it. Now I'll let Jason do it. So fathers, teach your kids how to do things. Don't just... Take over and do it because you're impatient. And, and you know, now, you know, Jacob's calling me and like, hey, Dad, how do you put in a hot water? I'm thinking, I've put in tons of hot water heaters. I should have let him help me. And toilets and electricity. And I was telling Pastor Marcello, I learned how to do electricity this way. I would say, Dad, will this shock me? Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> he would go, well, I didn't think it would. That's how I learned. I was putting a toilet in one time, and I was tightening it, and Dad said, Son, don't you tighten that too tight, you'll break it. I tightened it. He said, Here, let me do that. He tightened it. Pow, he popped it. He said, See, I told you so. <laughs> if I had a broke that, oh, my goodness. I was glad it was him, not me. I'll never forget one time, I'm telling on myself, 
thank God for good father. I only cussed one time in front of my daddy, I remember. I was in the front yard working on the lawnmower. And I had a, somehow I pulled it and I had a hold of the spark plug and it shocked the fire out of me. And I said something I shouldn't have. I never did daddy's face looked at me. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't beat me that day. So I don't talk like that. Yes, sir. Time me and Michael was in the attic, the church. Daddy was up preaching in the old church. All of a sudden, Michael or Bubba fell through. I'm standing up there looking at, we're up there playing in the attic while church is going on. I got home, I knew, Daddy, he's going to kill me. I'm going to get a beating like I've never got before. And he spanked me, and it hurt, but it wasn't so severe. I was thinking, wow. And then later, when I got older, he said, you know, son, I was preaching revival one time, and I was up in the attic chasing pigeons, and I fell through. <laughs> Listen, fathers, mothers, remember what it was like to be a kid. Remember what it was like to be that age and how you acted and what you did and try to remember how you were punished and how it made you feel and kind of correct it a little bit. Amen? Let me, let me get going real here quick. Let me, let me finish these notes. It says uh, um, to correct them, not punish, to, to, to really teach them the right way, show them the error of their way and why. Uh, that they need bring up children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. This mind uh, is to be nourished with wholesome discipline and instruction, which shall bend them towards God and Christian living. You know what happens with most parents? They're so, first of all, the kids don't see the parent living it in the home. They come to church, they act all holy and godly, and then they go home and act like the devil. And then, they're, they're so harsh in their punishment and everything that the kid associates that with church and with Christians. And so they say, I don't want no part of that. And so you see so many kids when they hit a certain age, they don't want to go to church no more. Your correction should be, we need to teach, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he corrects. So let me say this. If you don't love your kids, if you care nothing about them, if you want them to grow up to be hoodlums and, 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 and do all kind of stuff and go to prison and do all, then you don't correct them, don't tell them no, don't ever spank them. You just let them do their thing and you'll raise a hoodlum. Uh, if you want them not to grow up to be a fool, the Bible says the rod will drive it far from them. Now, that's just now. Do we know the difference in correction and abuse? Don't ever hit a child angry. Don't ever hit a child just to hurt them. Don't you ever abuse a child. It's the devil that makes people hurt kids. Correction. You know what hurt worse than mama's spankings? Was having to repent. Go to your room. Think about what you did come in, sit down, talk to you, tell you how much they love you, tell you if this is going to hurt you more than it is me, well then let me hit you. Did you say that? I say that out loud? Oh no. You know, all, they, they tell you all the talk and then they would pray and then mama would say, now, now you've got to pray and ask Jesus to forgive you because they, she would show me what I did was wrong and it was a sin and how that God did, wasn't happy and how that sin separates me from God and all that and then I would have to repent and say Lord I'm sorry forgive me for acting that way saying that you know Lord forgive me I was in junior high Lord forgive me for cussing my teacher out and uh, I was not a good child in junior high so any of you if you, any of you parents have junior high kids who are acting kind of crazy guess what they could be a preacher someday You know, why I was, you know why I kind of got rebellious and crazy there for a little bit? is because I knew, because I had such a call of God on my life, and I was running from it. Had a perfect, wonderful childhood, great home, and I still didn't do things that I needed to do. But I'll tell you something, every time Mama caught me, and thank God she only caught me half the time, or I might not be here today, uh, you know what the Bible says in 3 John? I got a lot more, but I'm going to stop. 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. I have no greater joy 
than to hear my children walk in truth. Two things. Number one, it brings God's heart so much joy when you serve Him and you live right. And kids, when you do good, it makes your parents proud. Even when you're grown and you do good, it makes them proud. Now, parents, tell your kids that. Here's what we tend to do. We major on the mistakes and the minor, and we minor on the praise and all the good. You, for every one bad thing that you tell them, you need to tell them at least ten good things. Praise your kids. Give them, you know, give them responsibilities, but give them rewards. When they do something good, tell them how good it is, how proud you are. When they make mistakes, don't tell them they're dumb and they're stupid. And they're, tell, them, tell them that you, you love them no matter what. My kids know there's nothing they could do. My wife, I tell all the time, there's nothing you could ever do that would make me not love you. Nothing. Because I love them unconditionally. That's because that's how God loves me. And when they do good, tell them how good they did. And praise them and love on them. And tell them, let, let, let your kids can't wait to get off the bus. They can't wait to get home. They can't wait to get out of the world. They can't wait to get off their jobs. Because I know when I get home, I'm waiting on a mama who's going to hug me and tell me she loves me and tell me I'm the best kid in the world and tells me I can be anything and do anything. Hey, Amen. Don't tell your kids, hey, Amen, they can't amount to nothing and you can't do that and you're not smart enough and you're not. You let them know they can do anything. They're the apple of God's eye. They're the greatest thing in the world and you love them. Amen. I was I was I was way up teenage years. I was driving. I was late. There was no cell phones, guys. No texting. I had to call, stop at a payphone, call my mama when I was going to be late. I was running a little bit late, and me and my cousin, and we had two uh, young ladies in there that uh, we were. Don't look at me like that. I don't know who they were. I don't remember. It's been a long time ago. They were friends. We had friends. And uh, I was probably 17, 18 years old. And uh, I said, guys, I've got to run by my house before I can take you home. And I said, my mama will be waiting. And they laughed and said, what, your mama? I pulled in that driveway and my lights hit that front porch and mama was sitting on the porch rocking. So, oh, yeah, my mama's not going to bed. She's up till I'm, she's up smelling my breath and checking me out looking for lipstick and stuff. I'm telling you, my mama kept me out of a lot of trouble. I was scared. I knew she loved me. Let me just close. Tyler, you ready? I've been pretty harsh and pretty tough on you. Parents, listen, Miss Amy said it. You have a choice. If you failed, if you haven't been the best parent you can be, change. Start being it, no matter what. Young people, maybe, you, if, if, maybe your parents have hurt you. They didn't do right. They failed. They made mistakes. Forgive them. Start over. Parents, begin to build relationships with your children. Love your kids. Let's build a, a relationship so that we can send them out into the world. I want to stand before God and say, Lord, I did all I could to raise them while they were mine. And then when they get older, parents, you've got to learn to put them in God's hands and pray for them and say, Lord, now they're yours. Young people, I know what you're thinking. I can't wait to move out. I can't wait till I'm grown. I'm going to do what I want to. Listen, here's the deal. When you're out of mama's care, when mom and daddy can no longer correct you, God steps in and you don't like his punishment. He loves you unconditionally, but he don't play no games. He wants you to do right and live right. There's consequences to sin in this world. You look around. People are in bad shape. It's because they don't honor. Let's end on a, a light, funny note. You ready? Tim Hawkins knows how to teach his kids. He said what he likes to do is just sing them songs. Let's just watch a little bit, then I'm going to pray over you. I love to communicate to music. I just started to communicate with music to my kids. They don't listen to me talking anymore. I just use their songs and get my point across. You know, seriously, you should try it. It's awesome. They do listen. 
We're at the mall the other day. They're just begging me for an iPhone for an hour. I finally said, dude, I'm not gonna buy you an iPhone Cause you ask for it like you need one You don't, I'm not gonna buy you an iPhone You're insane if you think I'll pay for it So be on your way, I'm not gonna listen Go away, you're wasting all your time Here's the dime if you find a payphone But no iPhone today And that's what I... <laughs> I got an older kid now, man. I had to use a Chris Daughtry song the other day. You stayed out too late last night. I heard you sneaking in. Hanging out at who knows where. Don't even try to blame this on your friends. Trust me, dude, it won't happen again. You're staying home. It's the place where you belong. You're done wrong, and now you're grounded for a week. I still love you, but you keep breaking your curfew. You'll regret how late you chose to be. Your abuses and excuses are getting old. So you're staying home. You're staying home. What about John Mayer, man? He's gonna have kids someday in the car. <laughs> I think he might write this song. You better quit all that complaining. Don't wanna hear another sound. If I hear any more whining, I'm gonna turn the car around. You got a little television, and you had enough to eat. If you don't change your disposition, I'm gonna leave you on the street. So I'm waiting for your attitude to change. I keep on waiting for your attitude to change. You say that I ain't fair. I guess that would matter if I care. So I keep on waiting. I had to write a Jason Mraz song the other day for my kids. Oh, I found something under your bed, I smelt it. An old bologna sandwich with some cheese that had melted. Fell right through the cracks, and it's getting funky bad. Go get a paper towel and some Febreze. Open up a window, man, that stinks. Get down on your knees and clean that rug, rug, rug. Oh, it's time to fumigate your bedroom, boy. It cannot wait. Good Lord. Oh. I think guys like rock stars and stuff, they're gonna have kids, man. I think James Blunt will have kids, like a daughter. Um, and one day I think he'll suffer like me with overprotective dad syndrome. He might write this. You're not too brilliant. <laughs> You're not too brilliant. You're not so bright Saw you with my daughter Just last night You were hanging out at Subway You were holding hands Let me talk slowly, boy So you'll understand You imbecile You imbecile You're an imbecile It's true Stay away from my angel you spawn of hell <laughs> Only when I'm dead and low Will I let her be with you? Oh, uh, how about Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> 
Open minds, California, open minds. <laughs> She'll have kids, she'll be like, to the left, to the left. To the left, to the left. Everything you own in a box to the left. <laughs> you must not know about me. You must not know about me. I can make another you in a minute. <laughs> I love to communicate to music. I just started to communicate with music to my kids. They don't listen. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. There's a couple of really good ones after that, but. We don't have time. Raising kids is fun, isn't it? Sometimes you have to be tough and you have to make the tough calls. And you have to say no and they whine and cry and you have to stay up late at night and change diapers. And, but guess what? It's all worth it. So worth it. Because one day I'm going to whine and cry and then change my diaper. And I want to be really, really good to them so that they'll pick me out a good place to live. But we're raising the next generation. And let's pray today that God will help us do our very best. Amen. Let's stand to our feet all over the building. Father, today I thank you so much for the gift that you've given us. Today in this room, there's so many people on different levels. There's some who just married and still just hoping and believing someday they'll have kids. There's those that are pregnant with children today and they're excited about the future. There's those who their kids are grown and gone and they've got grandkids now. There's those who have strong relationship with their kids and those who don't have good relationships with their kids but all of us as parents can look back and say wow I wish I'd have did that better I wish I'd have cared less about all the toys strode around the house and spent more time in the floor playing with them because now they're grown and gone and would just give anything to go back but Lord we thank you today is the day you've given us. So help me be the best father I can be today. Help me not to provoke my children, push them in the wrong direction, not be severe with them and angry and harsh. Help me not to just tell them what to do, but show them what to do. Help me live the life before them that they can say, that's what I want to be. Forgive us where we failed as parents Forgive us for our times of impatience and letting our emotions and our anger get out of control. Lord, forgive us. Help us do better in training up our children in the way they should go. And Lord, today every person in this building today is a child. They've all had parents. Some were good and some were not. We can all look and go remember times that where Maybe things were said or done that stayed with us and hurt us. Father, today, as Miss Amy said, we have to forgive. We don't want to repeat that cycle. Help us take the good and be better and let the bad go. I don't want to repeat cycles over and over. Lord, I pray that you would just heal every broken heart. I thank you, Father, that you would begin to restore parent and child relationships no matter what age they are. And I just ask you, Lord, Lord, as some of this word has been tough and some has been fun, but Lord, we want to take care of the gift that you've given us. And so we ask you today to help us do our very best. Let us leave today determining in our heart, I am going to be a better parent. Let us leave today saying, I will be a better child. I'm going to be more obedient, more respectful. I'm going to honor my mom. I'm going to fuss and fight. I'm, not, I'm just going to be, I'm going to clean my room the first time they tell me, take out the trash. I'm going to do my chores. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to help make their job easier. 
Father, I pray that you would just bless our church and continue to let our babies grow up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. We dedicate and give them to you today. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.